Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and so, uh, Happy New Year and Merry Christmas. It's still Christmas, and um, we're going to do the readings today for the Epiphany of the Lord. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do the readings for both the um, Vigil Mass and the um, mass during the day. And uh, so we're going to, it's going to be the, uh, the second episode of the Informed Catholic of the New Year, and I'm going to do all the readings for it, okay? So uh, let's begin with a uh, the entrance antiphon for, this is for the vigil, the, uh, the vigil for the... Uh, Epiphany. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Entrance Antiphon from um, Burak, chapter 5, verse 5. Arise, Jerusalem, and look to the east, and see your children gathered from the rising to the setting of the sun. Arise, Jerusalem, and look to the east, and see your children gathered from the rising and the setting of the sun. Arise, Jerusalem, and look to the east, and see your children gathered from the rising to the setting of the sun. Barak, chapter 5, verse 5. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me and with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and the glory of God the Father. Amen. Okay. May the splendor of your majesty, O Lord, we pray, shed its light upon our hearts, that we may pass through the shadows of this world and reach the brightness of our eternal home. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Actually, correction, it's just basically there's an evening uh, vigil and the only difference is probably just in the uh, entrance antiphon. So my uh, 
my fault. But uh, the entrance antiphon for the evening is from Malachi, combined with Chronicles. Behold, the Lord, the Mighty One, has come, and kingship in his grasp, and power and dominion. Behold, the Lord, the Mighty One, has come, and the kingship is in his grasp, and power and dominion. All right, well, I guess that makes it easier, right? That way it won't be too much confusion. Um, so, now the um, first reading, because, I mean, obviously, there's no two different uh, accounts on the wise men. Luke didn't write it down. Only Matthew wrote it. All right, so, um, the first reading is from Isaiah 60, verse 1 to 6. The glory of the Lord shines upon you. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 60, verse 1 to 6. Rise up in splendor, Jerusalem. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord shines upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick clouds cover the people. But upon you the Lord shines and over you appears his glory. Nations shall walk by your light and kings by your shining radiance. Raise your eyes and look about. They all gather and come to you. Your sons come from afar and your daughters in the arms of their nurses. Then you shall be radiant at what you see. Your heart shall, not, shall throb and overflow. For the riches of the sea shall be emptied out before you, and the wealth of the nations shall be brought to you. Caravans of camels shall fill you, dromedaries from Midian and Ephah, all from Sheba, shall come, bearing gold and frankincense, and proclaiming the praises of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One more time. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 to 6. The glory of the Lord shines upon you. Rise up in splendor, Jerusalem. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord shines upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick clouds covers the people. But upon you the Lord shines and over you appears his glory. Nations shall walk by your light and kings by your shining radiance. Rise, raise your eyes and look about. They all gather and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters in the arms of their nurses. Then you shall be radiant at what you see. Your heart shall throb and overflow, for the riches of the sea shall be emptied out before you. The wealth of nations shall be brought to you. Caravans and camels shall fill you. Dormitories from Midian and Ifa, all from Sheba, shall come, bearing gold and frankincense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 72. Okay, verse 1 to 2, 7 to 8. 10 to 11 and 12 to 13. The response is, let every nation on earth, Lord, every nation on earth will, uh, will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. 
Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. O God, with your judgment endow the king, and with your justice the king's son. He shall govern your people with justice, and your afflicted ones with judgment. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Justice shall flower in his day, and profound peace till the moon be no more. May he rule from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. The kings of Tarshish and the isles shall offer gifts. The kings of Arabia and Seba shall bring tribute. All kings shall pay him homages. All nations shall serve him. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. For he shall rescue the poor when he cries out, and the afflicted when he has no one to help him. He shall have pity for the lowly and the poor. The lives of the poor he shall save. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Let every, Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Okay, one more time. Psalm 72. O God, with your judgment endow the king, and with your justice the king's sons. The king's son. He shall govern your people with justice, and your afflicted ones with judgment. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Justice shall flower in his day, and profound peace till the moon be no more. May he rule from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. The kings of Tarshish and the isles shall offer gifts. The kings of Arabia and Seba shall bring tribute. All kings shall pay him homage. All nations shall serve him. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. For he shall rescue the poor when he cries out, and the afflicted when he has no one to help, to help him. He shall have pity on the lowly and the poor, and the lives of the poor he shall save. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Second reading, a reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 2 to 3, and then 5 to 6. Now it has been revealed that the Gentiles are co-heirs of the promise. A reading from the, first le uh, from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. You have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for your benefit, namely, that the mystery that the mystery was made known to me by revelation. It was not made known to people in other generations, as it has 
now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit that the Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, and co-partners in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Okay, one more time. A reading from the letter of St. Paul of St. Paul to the Ephesians. Now it has been re revealed that the Gentiles are co-heirs of the promise. Okay, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 2 to 3, 5 to 6. You have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for your benefit, namely that the, myst that the mystery was made known to me by revelation. It was made known to me Sorry, the noise uh, outside kind of caught me uh, caught me off guard. It was made known to me by revelation. It was not it was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit that the Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, and co-partners in the promise in Christ Jesus through the through the gospel. All right, one more time because I messed up the second time around. Uh, reading from letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 2 to 3, 5 to 6. It, it had, now has been revealed that the Gentiles are co-heirs. You have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for your benefit, namely that the mystery was made known to me by revelation. It was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed to his people to his holy apostles and the prophets by the spirit that the Gentiles are co-heirs and members of the same body and co-partners in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Okay, so now uh, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, let's go on to the gospel. Okay, alleluia, alleluia. We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. Alleluia, alleluia. We saw his star at, at its rising and have come to do him homage. Alleluia, alleluia. We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. Alleluia, alleluia. The Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 2, verse 2. Okay, and... A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. And, of course, the title heading is, We saw his star at, it, at its rising and have come to do him homage. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he acquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, For thus it has been written, through the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler 
who is to shepherd my, my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star. And on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their own, for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. One more time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, Behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people. He acquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. <clears throat> After their audience with the king, they set out, and behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star. And on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated, them, they prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, now we're in the Feast of the Epiphany. Technically, it's not the end of Christmas. It continues. It continues straight. It ends at, at the Baptism of the Lord, which is another epiphany. But this one is the epiphany to the Gentiles. The Baptism of the Lord is the epiphany to the whole world, where he finally begins. He ends his private life and begins his public ministry. Makes himself known to the world which sets him on the road to the cross. And of course, you know, that's, uh, we'll get to that. It's, um, 
it's beautiful. Uh, the the goss of the the book of the prophet Isaiah. Rise up in splendor, Jerusalem! Your light has come. The glory of the Lord shines upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick clouds cover the peoples. But upon you, the Lord shines. So, because they are the chosen people, the God's revelation was made known to them. But it was never just meant to be for them. That was the the fault that they thought. They assumed they developed this cultural attitude where they kept God for themselves, and that's really insulting. If God is creator of the whole world and all human beings are made in his image and likeness. And in a sense, their cultural and um, ethnic attitude that they develop, which is natural, natural for all people to do this and to develop sort of like um, a fear, a xenophobia, the fear of the unknown, the fear of the outsider and prejudice against the outsider. But that was never God. That was never the way God thought. The prophets themselves uh, proclaim this, make testimony to this, that God is to send his message one day and that one day the Gentiles will worship with the Jewish people, worship God on the altar, on the mountain of Jerusalem. And that was something that was beyond their comprehension and understanding. Not their fault. It just happens naturally. Uh, you could say the impediment of, of, of sin and racism, bigotry is a sin. And all people have that in them. I mean, you know, ironically, we're talking about that when that's uh, the new religion of the left was to always point to everybody's racism, to always put the, the, the scarlet letter on everyone and basically that's just a, a, a mental and psychological and political manipulation to gain power to make someone bend the knee that's a totally different matter but here the darkness the rest of the world was permitted to walk in darkness not that god wanted them to walk in darkness god had no desire that the red gentile should walk in darkness but because of the sin original sin the infection the cosmic infection of sin that we, our ancestors, our father and mother chose to live outside of God and pass that to all the people, including the Jews. But the, the whole purpose of it was to bring all of mankind, all of humanity back to God. And we can see this. We can see this by the promise that God has made in the garden after the fall, that he would put animosity between the serpent and the woman, between the woman and her children and the serpent and his descendants, between, you know, the, the, those who embraced evil and those who are, uh, who are on the side of salvation, who, who are offsprings of salvation, which is the woman and her seed, which is Christ. Christ is the seed of the woman. Christ himself. Women don't, don't have seed. It's supposed to be men. But in this case, this was the message of the incarnation, the message of the Immaculate Conception. And this is what God promised. Now, he promised, again, this was shown over and over again, even 
in the primordial age from Adam to Noah, the message was given. Prophets were sent even to the people before the flood. And then Noah came along and it was the second age of the world. The flood washed out the old world, the world that we will never be able to imagine. We'll only know it after we get to heaven when God decides to reveal everything to us. A world beyond our imagination, probably the world of our myth and legend and, 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 and adventure that only we remember in dreams. Uh, the world that probably had wondrous creatures, I believe that, it's just that it's now myth and legend. It's mythology now. Uh, we remember it through our, uh, our, our fantasies, our, our, uh, our imagination only. And I think that's why we, we have all this. We have all these fantasies and stories of, of superheroes and, and the, the myth of, of, of heroes and giants and everything. It's all, it's all left in our imagination. And then, of course, we have Abraham. And in the covenant that God made with Abraham, through you, all the nations, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Sometimes it's translated nations, other times it's translated families. That's the key right there. That is the key. And the same thing in the, at the covenant at Mount Sinai. Again, that the Jews should be a light to all the nations, that all the families in the earth would know the word of the Lord. The Psalms keep repeating it over and over again. And the prophets repeat it over and over and over again. And it's finally, it comes true. All right. And look here. Uh, upon, but upon you, the Lord shines and over you appears his glory. Nations shall walk by your light and kings by your shining radiance. Raise your eyes and look about. They all gather and come to you, your sons from afar and your daughters in the arms of their nurses. Uh, nurses, basically, like it, it's, you know, those who feed the word of God, those who nurse the young, strengthen, teach the young, the, 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 the word of the Lord and, and instruct them in the manner of the Lord. Um, then shall, then you shall be radiant at what you see. Your heart will throb and overflow for the riches of the sea shall be emptied out before you. The sea, meaning the, the nations, the people. The sea is always at the ocean and the nations and the people are the foreigners, the Gentiles. The wealth of the nations, and it says it, the wealth of the nations shall be brought to you. Caravans of camels shall fill you. Dormitories from the Midian and Epha. Dormitories are like the, you see the, how the cam, the line of camels, you ever seen the photograph images of, of Bedouins uh, that are basically like, bringing all the goods across the desert that's that was their uh their like their version of what of the big trucks that we have that bring these cargo trucks bringing bringing goods and everything dormitories from midian and ephah all from sheba shall come this is basically the prophecy here of the wise men bearing gold and frankincense and proclaiming the praise of the lord so you see here 
it was always God's intention to bring the word, his word to the nations. And Psalm 72, O God, with you, with your judgment endow the king, and with your justice the king's son. Uh, so it's basically God talking to God, the king, the father, and then God prophesying God's son. I mean, basically it's also David, and it could be it could be also David and his descendant that God promised that we should, that should sit on the throne. He shall sit on the throne. He shall govern your people with justice and your afflicted ones with judgment. Justice shall flower in his day. This is talking about the gospel. Uh, and profound peace till the moon be no more, to the end of, of the universe, the end of time. The moon is one of the ways of, of, of counting the calendar of the months. May he rule from sea to sea. Uh, his, his kingdom shall have no end, as, as Gabriel said. And from the river to the ends of the earth, from the, live, the, the living waters until the very ends uh, of the world itself. The kings of Tarshish, again, and the isles, the Gentiles like the Greek islands, and, and shall offer gifts. The kings of Arabia and, and Seba shall bring tribute. All kings shall pay him homage. All nations shall serve him. This is again, his kingdom will have no end, and he shall be a light unto the Gentiles, as Simeon said. For he shall rescue the poor when he cries out, and the afflicted when he has no one to help him. He shall have pity for the lowly and the poor, and the lives of the poor he shall save. The brokenhearted, the, you know, the, the weary, the the ones who are afflicted and burdened. And then we have Paul. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Okay, that was Psalm 72. Now we're going to do Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 2 to 3 and 5 to 6. You have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for your benefit, namely that the mystery was made known. There's fireworks going out in the back. It's I'm doing this on New Year's Eve. So I'm doing this ahead of time. Okay, sorry about the background noise. Um, it was, I don't know when, I didn't know when I was going to be able to do this. So I want to do it. it. I don't know why they're playing it right now. They're shooting their fireworks. Okay, going back to it. You have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for your benefit. Namely, that the mystery was made known to me by revelation. It was not made known to people of generations of other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the spirit that the Gentiles and our co-heirs and members of the same body and co-partners in the promise in God's in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Paul, Paul was a unique person. He came from Tarsus. Basically, Paul is a Hellenistic Jew. It's, uh, I just saw a, um, an Amazon film about a, a guy, a, an archaeologist by the name of Fairchild, Mark Fairchild. And the name of the documentary is called The Last Apostle. And basically, he follows Paul's footsteps. His main uh, archaeological playground, his, um, his work, is mainly in Turkey, which was Asia Minor. 
and Tarsus is in Turkey. Paul's family were most likely Galilean Jews. When the Romans came and there were one of those many uprisings that for, that forced Paul's family to, to be taken away, swept away by the Romans, and they were reestablished in Asia Minor, the Jews were very good with, with business and were very, were very industrious people. And the Romans noticed that. And Paul's family had to settle there. And Paul's father or grandfather, most likely, had to, uh, supposedly, they were, uh, they were making tents or leather goods, according to tradition. So Paul's grandfather and father, probably uh, one of them at least, worked and was granted uh, Roman citizenship, which means would have to mean that they did something for the Roman Empire, which was they made leather goods, made leather uh, uh, material for the Roman army. And that, and that would be the only way that probably they got the, um, the citizenship, which Paul inherited from his father or grandfather. And Paul was a Roman citizen. So Paul also did a lot of, you know, he, he, he socialized among Gentiles. He knew Greek and he, he had to know a little Latin, something like that, right, to be a Roman citizen. But also this, going back to this man, Mark Fairchild, he found a lot of synagogues. Turkey is an unexplored place. It's a, a, the biggest country that basically Asia Minor, where Asia begins and Europe Europe ends, where Europe ends and Asia begins, it is the place where you will find early Christianity everywhere. You will find Hellenism, you will find all the Greek cities everywhere that most likely John the Apostle and many of the Apostles and most definitely St. Paul went everywhere. And those Greek synagogues are traced before the birth of Christ to the time of Hellenism. And Hellenism, that means there were Jews living there before the Roman Empire. They were, Diaspora was living long before the Roman Empire, probably from the time of Babylonian captivity. Maybe even around the time of, of Alexander the Great. They found, the way they know they were synagogues because they found primitive carvings of menorahs. And that means that the the um, what uh, there was also, according to the archaeologist Mark Fairchild, he f the synagogues had rooms where Gentiles would sit above the synagogues or around the rooms and hear the Torah being read to them, hear the prophets being read to them. That would mean the Subduagent, which was translated in the Greek. The Greek, uh, the Greek Bible, the, the translation that spread out. Now, think about it. Hellenistic Jews before the Roman Empire built communities and had synagogues and made, made it accessible to non-Jews to hear the word of God. Those are the ones you refer, that Paul refers to, what Luke refers to as God-fearers. God-fearers are not converts. They are Gentiles who hear the word of God. Think about it. Then suddenly the incarnation came upon us. 
the Word made flesh, came into our existence. So God was preparing, preparing the world. And the way he prepared it was that he scattered the nation of Israel. He made them involuntary missionaries. He made them live among the Gentiles and therefore had to conform, adapt. And the only way you can make peace with people was to make your faith accessible. So suddenly Christ comes, uh, his sacrifice, his resurrection, the Holy Spirit, and he sends his apostles out. And these were the non-fearer, the, the God-fearers were not circumcised. They were, they never circumcised, but they did believe in God and they were turning away from paganism. So Paul himself, um, through divine revelation and, and his own uh, natural, uh, guided by uh, grace, guiding his intellect and his, and his, and, and, you know, pure holy mind, came to realize, probably he thought about it many times, about the Gentiles coming into faith. And he sees that the gospel, the revelation of Jesus Christ, was going to bring them there. And and it made sense. It made sense. He understood it now. He understood it and he came to embrace it. He realized this was always God's plan. Now here you have Matthew. Matthew is the only one who has the story of the wise men. Matthew is the only one who has the story of the holy innocents being slaughtered, which we'll read soon. Bethlehem, Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, and Bethlehem means house of bread. All right? And King Herod was was not ethnically ethnically Jewish. Herod was ethnically an Adomian, uh, descendant of Esau. He was an Arab. He was an Arab, and his the the Maccabeans forced the Adomians during the Maccabean Wars to convert to Judaism. The Maccabeans, uh, the, the, the Adomians were always constantly in conflict with the Jews, always constantly fighting, and they were forced to convert. And Herod was Jewish, not ethnically Jewish, but he was a Jew. And he was not um, holy. He was more of a pagan, but he was still a Jew. You know, it's it's one of those things. It's in a sense he's almost like in a similar predicament of the Samaria, the Samaritan people, the people of Samaria. You know, but they were probably more Jewish and more religious than him. <laughs> you know, being the fact that they 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 loved God and they wanted and they believed in, in God and they had their translation of the Bible and and uh, but they were discriminated against. They they were looked down upon by the Jewish people, as Herod is looked on down upon by his own people. But when these strange foreigners, these strange men, these scholars, uh, who astronomers, back then the word astronomy and astrology uh, was astrology was not the way we look at it today. They they um, they used. Their idea of science was they used symbols. They believed the universe was alive. They believed that God worked through the universe. They believed that 
They didn't believe that the stars were, not all of them believed the stars were divine. It depends on their philosophy. And a lot of them believed that the stars were signposts, signals. Sort of the way you and I would drive down the street in a car and we can't just drive any way we want. Whenever a light changes or a signal, then we have to, it's, it's, a, it's, it's telling us what, you know, what to get ready for. You know, if we're going to make a right turn, left turn, or when to stop because traffic from uh, the other side is about to flow. That's what the stars were to them. And that to them, the signal and changes in the universe told them that the universe was about to change, that history is about to change, that mankind was about to change. And they knew this. They were probably most likely of the school of Daniel because Daniel never went home. Daniel never left. He never went back to the Holy Land. Daniel was believed he started a school in Asia, most likely in Persia, Babylon, and it was like a, a university. He never went home for some reason, and he stayed there. Maybe he felt he could do better good. Maybe he had a, a revelation from God that told him that. And these men knew about, the, the, they obviously knew about the scriptures, and they knew what was about to happen. Now, Herod, what would have probably, it, Mark, Matthew doesn't mention it, but there's a passage in the, um, in, in the book of Numbers somewhere. I wish I would have pulled it up. When a riot, when the star shall rise from Judah, Jacob's reign shall come to an end. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. When the star shall rise from Judah, Edom's reign shall come to an end. Edom is 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 Esau. Herod is an Edomite. This prophecy is what probably scared the daylights out of this prophecy was probably what haunted him. But the you know he he goes ahead and he doesn't speak to the wise men. He he talks to them for a short while, then he runs to the back and tries to be a little sneaky. He ascertained the time of the star and he asks he asks his scholars about where the Messiah was to be born. And they give him this verse uh uh, and you, Beth, I think it was Micah. And then Herod, um, I'm sure he was not trusting. I mean, I'm sure he was kind of a, you know, he gave you a creepy feeling, but decides to go ahead and uh, to fall, to uh, to try to be like a, a snake in the grass and try to say that if you tell me, come back. If, if you go find him, come back and tell me so I can go worship him. But his intention was always to kill the child because he was very superstitious. And that's what happened. Now, what's interesting about the wise men, when they found him, they found the Christ child. Uh, at this time, Jesus was two years old. This was not the night of his birth. This was two years later. And it, I think the number two, we can combine it by the fact that he's the second person of the Trinity and his two natures, human and divine. And then we also can, uh, we look at also the gifts they gave him. They um, offered him uh, gifts of gold, gold for his divinity, for, for his kingly rule, uh, frankincense for the divine worship, and myrrh for his atonement, his sacrifice on the altar, and his burial, the, pay, the price for sin. And at this time also, we know that it's not, it's only two years later because when the star stopped, 
it was um they says here they entered they overjoyed they entered the house it was no longer in the stable in the uh, the manger or the stable where the animals were joseph and mary joseph didn't know what else to do mary and him decided to stay in bethlehem because they figured that's what god wanted god hasn't told them to go back to nazareth right and they stayed there and then two years later now the greek word the child was not the babe but i mean it was it was more like a kid who's sort of like already maybe two three years old he might have been two two years old most likely two and a half probably and this this here was one of the major signs here then of course in a couple of days we'll have the the murder of the whole of the of the holy innocence in um in uh, what do you call it? Um, the in, in um, Beth, uh, Bethlehem, we'll do that reading soon. But this is this is one of them. This is this is this is this is part of the liturgical cycle. We are walking with Christ. We're going to go through the footsteps of Christ. And this is one of the things we have to we have to embrace because one of the other symbols that will come soon about the holy innocent is that was a prophecy of abortion. You see, remember in the Old Testament, they sacrificed their children to Baal. Herod is the state. Herod is the government. Herod is the government that, that is apart from God and is also a symbol of, 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 our, of our political situation that we're in now. We've gone through this over and over again through the centuries. The struggle between state and faith, between politicians, their right to have power, and their constant fight with the church. And the church, many of our church leaders, sort of yielding to the state. This is the things we have to go through. But uh, one of the things you got, uh, I think what's really great we should do is the... Um, the novena to the child, the holy child, Jesus. And one of them, the famous one is the child of Prague. I heard someone on uh, YouTube talk about the uh, novena. And I think people should really try it, to try it and have their prayer. You'll see that your faith will be answered. Your prayers will be answered. And I think that's a wonderful thing. All right, I'm going to end it here and I'll come back. Uh, next couple of days with the um wonder when the uh let me see here when the uh the holy innocent the uh, the murder of the the martyrdom of the holy innocent it's let me see hold on okay uh, hold on a minute well i'm gonna have to look in the calendar a little bit more but um yeah I think it's going to be this sometime this week, so we're going to find out about it. So anyway, let's uh, end it here with uh, a closing prayer. Okay. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. And I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born before 
born of the Father, before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with, um, with the Father, and through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary, and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and seated at the right hand of the Father, he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. God bless, and I'll be back soon with uh, another reading. Okay, God bless.